Welcome back to It Was Murder, Chain <clears throat> Reaction, Spooky Edition. Spooky Edition. Ooh. Ooh. Clang, clang, clang. Ooh. These chains rattle. Oh, I'm uh, scared. I, am... <laughs> 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 I'm your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how that sounds. And I wish I was dead. I mean, I'm... <laughs> Good new name. Yeah. <laughs> That's your it's, title. Is it new, though, really? Is it new? Wish um, I were dead. Um, and I'm your devoted lover, Ellen Ito. And I, I will be dead soon <laughs> because I'm the virgin sacrifice, Joe Garber. Ha, ha, ha. What was that? What was that? It's just like I'm going to do that every five seconds. <laughs> I hope you do because it's really funny. It's the spooky edition. <laughs> uh, like that could quickly become the irritating edition. Yes. <laughs> That's our crypt keeper. He's like in the closet in our house. <laughs> We're not letting him out. We're not letting him do anything. Any Don't intros? Over the crib key. Oh my god! Yeah. Pardon me. Have <laughs> yeah. you got any cats? <laughs> it's Boba. <laughs> That's a crib keeper. Sheet cake. <laughs> you need sheet cake. I'm just dying for a sheet cake. This lady had too much sheet cake. I can't do that. You guys do a better voice than I do. Oh shit. Well, kitties. <laughs> today we are speaking oh, on. My God. Season three, <sighs> episode four from 1995, October, I believe October 3rd, 1995. Mm-hmm. Mm, October 13th, oh, which, was a fr- which was a Friday the 13th. Dude, and of course, fun. this year, again, we're getting October, fr- October 13th, 13th is a Friday the 13th. We sure are. Amazing. Uh, X-Files episode, Clyde Bruckman's final repose. <laughs> I couldn't be more thrilled to have watched this <laughs> and talk about it. Uh, that title is insanity. Uh, I mean, it's not the craziest title the X Files have come really? up with. Really, no. I'm calling this X Files Mark Snow. <laughs> That's what I, I'm calling. Yes, this Mar- one. our link, our link to this was Mark Snow mm-hmm. uh, from from Heart to Heart. Obviously, Night Horrors. Yeah. Uh, mm. Ellen, you seem real well rested and plucky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how about how about you tell us what happened in this episode in a minute? <laughs> you know sometimes when you don't sleep at all like you kind of kick into this place where things just seem like mm, like real mellow or easy or mm. you just maybe are too tired to like everything all of your it's one of my favorite everything moves. just breaks down i'm not there i'm just <laughs> exhausted <laughs> so um, you're carrying too much you're the opposite. i don't know i just but you know we we do this anyway no matter you know, no matter how anyone's feeling, so let's do this. <laughs> yeah, we do. Got that right. That's the motto of our podcast. Yep. We don't care about your feelings. <laughs> we don't care about our feelings. Comma, feelings be damned. Fight. It was murder. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, sort of. Okay. Uh, Clyde Bruckman's final repose. Or as I think of it, I'm not smiling. I'm wincing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, there's a uh, the guy from Friday the Thirteenth Two. Yep. 
um, is going around killing psychics and it's kind of confusing. And then Peter Boyle is in it just being as magical as humanly possible. But Peter Boyle is Clyde Bruckman and Clyde Bruckman is somebody who can see the future sort of. He can see the way that everyone's going to die, but he also has a connection with the puppet, who is the guy from Brian Lutheran that's going around murdering everybody. And it's just like perfectly perfect uh, Prime X-Files season three moment where uh, Scully's a skeptic and Mulder's just moldering and it's so <laughs> amazing. <laughs> and I'm so tired. I just really was keying in when I rewatched it this morning uh, in a panic, just like Mulder's ties. There must be like an Instagram account, right? Ooh. <laughs> no, there probably is. <laughs> okay. Oh, I didn't even notice a single God, tie. that was bad shit. Yeah. That was... That's a relative. I have a lot That's to say. I just, <laughs> I just. Ugh. Yeah, it's fine. I can yeah. do this. Okay, good. Because no. I think I don't think I can. I know I'm. I'm. I'm no? already second guessing myself. <laughs> um, Sorry. Moldertieindex.tumblr.com. <laughs> yeah, right. I guess it is the Tumblr age of it Tumblr is a, thing. A Tumblr era. Tumblr thing. WordPressy mm. thing. Mm-hmm. It's a Tumblrone. All right. <laughs> X Files. Clyde Great. Bruckman's final repose. Uh, a guy goes to see a psychic and then really creepily kills her. Uh, Peter Boyle is selling insurance claims to people uh, very benevolently because he thinks that he, well, because he can see how everyone is going to die if, <laughs> if he hangs out with them, which is really creepy. Uh, Mulder and Scully are on the case. Uh, there's also a really hilarious psychic named Yappy. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, Scully is not only skeptical, skeptical, but exasperated 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mulder is puppy dog annoying the entire time. Uh, Clyde Bruckman <laughs> is hilarious and wonderful to be around. Um, what, what he, he leads them to a bunch of bodies of other prognosticators who have been murdered by this guy. He then tells Mulder that he is going to be murdered by this guy when he steps into a banana cream pie. Mulder and Scully are in a hotel where they kept Clyde Bruckman, and that is where that attempt murder happens and then scully shoots uh the puppet and then they find clyde and he has killed himself because it's a really sad ending but mm. scully got a dog oh yeah scully got a dog quick quick that's it, that's my favorite element of this Quee-quig. episode is that this is where scully gets her fucking dog oh that dog continues the whole show oh, oh that's great i didn't realize Quee-quig. that quick 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 is that Craig with the like a list <laughs> with the speech impediment? Quag, um, or a character from Moby Dick? Oh, or that a book discussed between Clyde and Scully? Quag, Quag. Mm-hmm. All right, Neil Druckmann's final repose. <laughs> <laughs> what is it called? Clyde Bruckman. Clyde Bruckman's final. Repose. Final repose. <laughs> a man is looking at wow. the Midnight Inquisitor because he's uh, looking at all the other psychics in an episode of television with so many psychics. I don't know where to begin erasing. <laughs> he uh, is very. He runs into a man outside the shop and they touch and then I think he has a vision or somebody has a vision. This man is walking around uh, killing psychics and there's the flamboyant psychic comes into the crime scene with Mulder and Scully. They're very skeptical of him. He asks Mulder to stay, to wait outside. They team up with the reluctant psychic who can't. To, and they give him a bunch of evidence and he can only see people's deaths. That's the only thing he can see. 
they go to a lake and they find a dead body and it's under, they parked on top of a dead body. And then he told, tells Mulder that a pie is going to drop and then he's going to get his, or he's, someone's going to come up behind him and then the pie drops. Mulder chases a man into the kitchen, the pie drops and he turns around, but the man is still behind him, which is a fucking genius move. Uh, he tells Scully that he's going to be on a bed with tears running down his face and she's going to be looking down at him with a lot of grief or something. And she's like, yeah, right. You missed. And then that happens at the end of the episode after he kills himself. And it's very sad. The end. Woo! Okay. Just ah. <laughs> <laughs> whenever that happens in my head, I'm going to do it. So I have to say, again, like I say this, I've said this about Chain Reaction before. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is such a fucking joy for me to mm. <laughs> sit down with Joe and mm. actually focus on watching something. Yes. Uh, because I watch, I watch, I've seen X Files numerous times, just kind of as a background show, just for company. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of times I see this episode, I don't pay much attention. Like it just it it's on, and I'm I'm either working on music or I'm cooking or I'm doing whatever cleaning. Mm-hmm. So ha- having the opportunity to sit and focus mm-hmm. and like actually, because I know I'm going to have to talk about it, was so mm-hmm. great. This episode is amazing it's amazing it's the highest rated x-files episode by mm-hmm. fans mm-hmm. uh and really? for, for very good reason yeah it's maybe the funniest episode of x-files like the actually funniest not waka waka funny mm. um uh-huh. and all, so much due to peter boyle yeah uh but also sure. also yappy is is pretty damn funny <laughs> uh but yeah it's it has everything yeah it's it's funny it's creepy as fuck. I mm-hmm. I find this episode very creepy in in weird ways. Uh, Scully is MVP. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable how how amazing Jillian Anderson is in every scene. Her face she does her face <laughs> just expresses so much. Yeah, <laughs> and it's always funny. She's yes. always so just annoyed and exasperated. <laughs> uh, and then she's also like super delightful when she's just hanging out with Clyde. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, it's I think it's a perfect episode of television. Yeah, I agree. Mm. It is. Yeah. The best X-Files episode I've ever seen and one of the best television episodes of anything I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. In fact, Emmy award-winning television. Yes. Oh. Did it did this <laughs> it episode uh, win an Emmy? Peter Boyle <laughs> won an won an Emmy. Nice. Well deserved. Uh, mm-hmm. That's amazing. And... I learned something about this episode that I didn't know before, oh. um, which is that it is packed with references to writers and directors from the silent film era. Yeah. Oh. I never I, knew that. I didn't either. I read that also in the IMDb trivia. Huh. Super interesting. Yeah. Cly- even awesome. the name Clyde Bruckman. He was a, uh, a writer in the uh, silent film era. Wow. Who, uh, fell on hard times and committed suicide in the 50s. Ooh. I wonder mm. why that reference. Do we have any? Did it say why there were the references to that? Like, because there's something about this episode that I love, where it's psychics, the showmanship of psychics, and prognostication. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Yeah, and, and <laughs> the reluctant psychic that our hero is yes. is an incredible angle to focus on. Absolutely, that it's so like unexpected that this guy doesn't really want to be psychic he's so like kind of not grumpy like reluctant and just doesn't want to 
have this gift yeah. really and the way he uses it he just is like i don't know like like just tell us anything about this piece of string and he's like it's a piece of string <laughs> yeah i don't know what you want me to say the dancing frogs thing was a great well was a yes great line. he's like it's ugly <laughs> yes to, to respond to the first part of that i'm just guessing that um since that was new information to me that um is it darren morgan yeah Darren Morgan, i'm guessing the writer. that 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 that's just something that Darren Morgan wanted to put in there totally mm-hmm. for their own reasons, just super writerly, which I love and why not do it? Yeah. Um, it makes the whole thing about the big bopper story weirder. It does. It oh, really does. Yeah. Right. I remember that part of the story from my previous viewings of it, but this, this time watching it, it really, for some reason, like hit me a little harder. Mm hmm. Is it because you know that, okay, not my Richie, Richie Valens yeah. is the one who won the coin toss. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is him explaining how he got this power, basically. Well, it's which... how he, it's how, yes, well, it's the, it's from his recollection, it's the genesis of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is incredible that this, it almost makes sense, this like magic power. They almost make it make sense the way he got so obsessed with that one little detail that one little choice that his mind just created this power that he can now see people's deaths is amazing and then in in response to his reluctance uh to to you know use this or not not even use it but to to be proud of it or share it mm-hmm. can you imagine if every waking moment you are just seeing people die right like everyone that you come in contact with you just see them dying yeah that's it's horrible it's it's a really like it's bleak it's a very <laughs> well. I mean, how how can you even get up in the morning? I think it's interesting um, the contrast between the two characters who both have uh, the gift of of second sight, mm-hmm. but they have different responses to it. Right, yeah. like the puppet wants to know why, like why you know yeah. why does he do what he does, and Clyde Bruckman just wants to escape that like he doesn't care about the why right he he, like he mentions it kind of tosses it off in the creepy doll ladies place but truly like they both struggle with this gift that is actually a curse which is such um yeah you know a a trope that is so good every time whether you're a, a vampire that is just exhausted um and lonely or clyde bruckman you know it's um yeah. It's really powerful. I think that that's something that really, I mean, there's so many amazing things to this episode, mm. but I think that it really is so thought provoking, just this existential mm-hmm. space that you find yourself in. I mean, like the big question everyone must ask themselves when, after they watch this, um, is would you want to know right. how you're going to die? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Would you? No. I don't think so. Because I would only think about that. I know. I, I <laughs> And then try to avoid it. I don't think that I would. Yeah, I don't know. Would you want to know? I'm not sure. Because I, I, think, I think I would have to decide for myself if I would want to change that, knowing that it has a ripple effect, right? So, mm. I don't know. I was thinking about it in the context of, like, how... There's so always a, a human obsession with there's always somebody that wants to live forever. Everyone wants to 
feel younger, stay younger, which is just a way of saying that they don't want to die, right? Mm -hmm. That they want to get the most out of every moment and live forever, all the bullshit. But I was thinking about it in the context of people taking DNA tests to find out about health issues in an attempt to sort of like be hyper aware. And I see a connection there where it's like, you're kind of trying to cheat cheat your own death right mm-hmm. you're trying to uh get ahead of it like cut it off at the pass and i see it as kind of a similar thing where it's like yes. in, in a way you are that dna test is clyde bruckman yes that is and it's played the way when the character when you have that in your story it's hard to use that well, I feel like like the his power and using it in a way that's not just immediately boring or something or like immediately so unrealistic, but his personality, I feel like lets that in a little bit where my favorite moment of the episode, this is how I, I don't know if I'm interpreting this correctly. He's in the car, I think with Mulder, they're driving to this crime scene to park <laughs> on the dead body. <laughs> and he says, do you want to know how you're going to die? And Mulder sort of like testing him says, yes, I would immediately and then he says no you don't <laughs> and that's it and you don't and it's like you don't know if he knows how or if he's just playing with him but then a scene or so later like when after that's completely gone he says that what does he say uh auto asphyxiation is a horrible way to there he says there are worse ways to go but i can't think of a more undignified one as autoerotic asphyxiation. He yeah. says this out of nowhere. Yes. Which is him, I think, just, I guess, fucking with Mulder, unless that's the way Mulder dies. This is, this is, is hilarious. It's, it's funny because there is a running gag throughout the entire series that mm-hmm. Mulder is a huge fan of pornography. Oh, really? So <laughs> it's like, it's, it's so good. It's a perfect joke. It's that's a perfect amazing. joke. Amazing. My, so my favorite manifestation of, uh, Clyde Bruckman's powers is that he sells insurance. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, it's the, it's to me, it's the only way that he can get up and function mm-hmm. is because he feels like he's doing something good with his power. Yeah. He's right. protecting the families of these people mm-hmm. in a way he's, well, he's offering some sort of support to the families. Oh, yeah. He is because he knows what's going to happen. Yeah. He's helping them using his, the, the information that he is privy to and to help my, them. My favorite joke is when he is sitting down at the dinner table with that young couple oh. who are about to have a baby and he's, have a he's trying to sell them an insurance policy. And the guy says, we were thinking of taking that money and putting it towards a boat. Oh. And when he says, I think you have more pressing things that you need to take care of. The guy says, but it's a really good boat. Oh, <laughs> oh my that, God. That, that just tickles me. Is, yeah. That it's, it's scene perfect is perfection. Writing. It's such a, a perfect way to introduce you to the ability of that character, right? Where he's mm-hmm. like, Dink. like, yep. it's not quite like zinc. Like, it's not uh, like, it's not shoved down your throat. Yeah. Uh, in a pointed way, like dead zone, zinc, zinc, which I yes. love also. But, I also do love um, <laughs> But when he's just like, you know, you're going to be driving down the the highway and yeah. you're going to be hit head on by, and it's just so, such a crazy thing. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then the guy's like, you got to work on your closing, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so good. It's but excellent. But then it, it, they also point that out again because the, um, the guy that runs the incredibly named 
Uranus Unlimited. Yeah. <laughs> um, astrology based marketing firm. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he's the body under the car. Yes. Um, and yeah. So he. They think that he's that Clyde is rattling off information about that guy because they're like, you know, do you see it or whatever? Uh, He's like, no, I sold him insurance. mm -hmm. And of course, he sold him insurance because he knew that he was going to be dead soon. Mm -hmm. Right. I didn't. And he has a wife and kids. He says that when he's talking about him. I didn't really understand that body and what his connection was. He was just another murder by the puppet. Yeah, but the woman that they pulled out of the lake had uh-huh. a keychain with Uranus Unlimited oh. logo on it. So <laughs> okay, so he saw that guy's death too and led them to him as well. When, yeah, yeah. Where he, when he's not smiling, he's wincing. <laughs> uh, oh that, my gosh! Excellent, excellent moment. Yeah, this just occurred to me. I have to say it before I forget. Cause yeah. Did I mention how tired I am? Um, is are all the pies and the pie on the floor, which is unexplained is that a silent film reference oh it might be oh, pies in the face. it might be yeah that makes sense maybe <laughs> that is also like the climactic point of this which i didn't expect at all i was completely surprised how this changed everything his vision and everything how obviously Mulder sees the pie and you don't see him turn around in the vision but he uh, whips around yeah of course but then he's so then the killer's behind him after he turns around, which yeah. I just thought was such an incredible twist. It's great. And it's like so unexpected and was amazing. And then, so I guess, did Scully, he never says Mulder's going to die that way though. So did Scully change the events or, I guess not because she's leaning over the bed too. There, okay. So having watched this a bunch of times. Yeah. Because <laughs> the puppet says, the first thing he says is this wasn't supposed to happen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I get the impression that from the moment uh from the moment Mulder and Scully enter the scene uh-huh. Clyde is doing everything in his power to prevent that from happening like he sees a way I see Clyde seeing a way out mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. but also it's a way out for him I see mm-hmm. it's his escape uh to go home and put a bag over his head Take a bottle of pills mm. and put it back over his head. Yeah. Um, after taking care of Pui Quig. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it is, it's an excellent, the, the, just the way it unfolds, the yeah. little flash forward that we get is, yes. is great, where it's just Mulder busting through the kitchen, uh-huh. the swinging kitchen door, uh-huh. um, and then the pie on the floor, an yeah. excellent little, you know, non sequitur that, that makes it all weirdly work. Yes. Um, right. Did. Um, like the bellhop costume all references to i think i was just Mm -hmm. thinking in terms of like they're just making these nods to classic eras right yeah Mm -hmm. but but learning about the silent film references in the name in the names and the nomenclature i'm like oh okay because i've wondered about the pie a lot yeah yeah Yeah. well and he's eating that pie with scully earlier uh-huh. the mm-hmm. chocolate cream pie i believe right and that's where we first get the clue about the doilies i love the yes. little tarot card with the bellhop on it too yes <laughs> it looks exactly <laughs> like the puppet do we think the did the puppet have any powers then or he was just a like a psychopath basically murdering people i believe he is both i do believe he was and he both. did have powers and he could see mm-hmm. the people he was going to kill and killing them but mm-hmm. maybe I was thinking like it was like the deja vu thing where he as he was doing it, he believed that he had a vision of it from before. But it was like not he didn't actually have any powers. And the only person in the whole episode that has any powers is Neil. 
Wait, I don't believe that that's true. Clyde, I think there's, Clyde. there's, I think there's, <laughs> Sorry. yeah, that's a weird Clyde, one. Clyde, Clyde. Um, I, I believe that at least three characters in this episode, if not four, mm. have actual psychic gifts. Yes. Um, but one of them is the puppet because he writes that letter uh-huh. to Clyde Bruckman in advance of um, right. the murders happening. That's right. I forgot about that. Is mm-hmm. one of them Scully? No. No? But she has that string on her finger, right? And then doesn't but she... But that's, that's just a clue. Yeah, that's just, just detective work. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. I thought she was she, having like a vision. She um, does the weird little dance that Clyde also does with the puppet at the beginning where they are like face to face and there's like, oh, whoop, mm-hmm. whoop, that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she does that with the bellhop when she's going to the hotel room and, and she looks down and sees the uh, room service tray that oh. has the doilies on it. And she and then, has seen, right. she has seen him three times before at the murder, at the murder uh-huh. scene. Right. And we she all know him. that yeah. a murderer will likely hang out at the murder scene. And Scully will when mm-hmm. the police pay are there attention. To investigate. And Scully I, is right. the best detective in the world. The moment when the bellhop, <laughs> when that is, just directed so incredibly well when he goes to leave and he gets the tip and then he stops and then yeah. Clyde tucks, touches the plates and they then he stops and they both look at each other and mm-hmm. they know exactly what that moment is. Yeah, It's mm-hmm. so good. And then Clyde doesn't even try to get away or anything, obviously. No. But it's one of the greatest, I mean, in an episode full of just pure boil perfection, like just the dry as a husk, the deadpan, but it's just so mm-hmm. sad at its core, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when he says, was that not enough of a tip? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> he just, uh, he's such a delight. Uh, he's I, having fun with it. Uh, that's, yeah. So but to kind of backtrack a little bit to your question mm-hmm. about whether I'd want to know if I was going to die or not, mm-hmm. I think my, I think I, I definitely don't, uh, or I know I'm going to die. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to know how necessarily, but I think I do want to ask, like, just like the cop that gets murdered, <laughs> mm-hmm. say like, is it lung cancer? <laughs> and right. he says, no. <laughs> yeah. And then he immediately just starts chain smoking cigarettes, uh-huh. which was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, that I think that's what I would I would rather just be like, is it cancer or yeah. or like, I would huh. ask a vague question. Interesting. Um, as opposed to you know, wanting to know specifics or dates or anything like that. I want I want to I don't like spoilers. <laughs> if it was if I was asked that question by somebody who did have powers, I would hope it was Clyde because you could take all his answers as if they're humor or they might be true, but he delivers them in a way that's like this might be a joke. So <laughs> you don't actually have to like take this so seriously, which I love. Yeah. Mm, I, I, <laughs> I love the other, the Minneapolis St. Paul cops in this episode. Oh my God. Um, when they're on the first crime scene and everyone's meeting and whatever. And the, and the, stupendous yappy comes <laughs> but um at one point what the 
head detective where he goes, he goes, well, he's, he's given us uh, more concrete leads than you have. Yes. And it's like, uh, I don't know if those are concrete leads, but then the description, he's like, <laughs> yeah. got his little notepad and he's like, he's like, we're looking for a white male, 17 to 34 with or without a beard, maybe a tattoo. Who's impotent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Amazing. Perfect. Yes. Amazing. And Yaffe coming running through that crime scene, the faces that he gives to oh, the Mulder and Scully, the like just the whip pan expression excellent he's so good and this whole thing very unexpected that he's like there's a weird vibe in here that he's like there's a skeptic in the room he looks at scully but then he looks at Mulder, and Mulder's the mm-hmm. one he sends out the, of the negative room. energy. Yes, which is so <laughs> because Mulder's the believer out of the two of them, right? Like, yeah, but he, Mulder but is, is the believer, he? but he doesn't yeah. believe Yappy. Right, like that's the thing, and he has force mm-hmm. energy. Than and this Scully. is the this is the funny. My favorite, my favorite, like button on that whole thing is when they do bring Clyde to that crime scene. And Clyde says everything that Yappy said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. So good, it's amazing. Yeah. It's so perfect. Yeah, he feels like he has no control over his life. <laughs> yeah. Also, when Molly and Scolder, Molly and Scolder get into that—that's what I meant to say—get into that room, they drop on these like local cops, anthropomancy, prognosticator, and tassiography, just mm-hmm. like in a chain mm-hmm. of. Well, it might be tassiography, it might be prognostication. It's just like this insane, I didn't know what they, they were talking about, but the cops are just like, what the fuck? It's another one of the amazing things about the X-Files. Yeah. is the All real things. Yeah. The, yeah. Just the, the words that they force these people to say. I know. And they say, they're so good at it. Yes. Like Particularly Scully. She's just, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm obviously a Gillian Anderson fanatic at this point. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be? It's like X-Files and medical dramas. Mm. (laughs) The the actors have to say the craziest shit. Mm -hmm. I think for me, there's just so much again, like I just, this might be the, the fatigue talking, but no, no, it's like (laughs) the, the Clyde Bruckman stuff where he's like, you know, why does anyone do the things that they do? Is it a combination of this and that? Like, is it, you know, and then at the same time, he's like, the future already exists. Why bother to do anything? And it's just like such a tangled yet beautiful mm-hmm. flow. Like Clyde Bruckman makes it all make sense. Yes, right? totally. What do you think of his dream? What does it mean? Oh, no Freudians, God. please. Oh, that that so good. dream sequence is incredible. Yeah. It looks amazing. It's a him laying in a field of tulips and then his body slowly melts down. I just know that I have a name for my daughters if that if I ever have them and they are putridity and liquescence. <laughs> putridity <laughs> and liquescence. <laughs> Putridity, that's so interesting. Like putrefaction is the first thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, because your body is begins that process from the inside out. Yeah. I just took this dream as a way to comfort him for th- about the impermanence, the permanence of that skeleton mm-hmm. melting in that field. Mm-hmm. That's how I took the dream. Is a comfort for him to think of the permanence of death versus the impermanence of life that he sees all the time. Yeah. So it's the exact opposite of his life. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Did you guys have any Freudian interpretations? 
Oh, I think it was a sex dream. Oh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's my, my, my favorite, my favorite <laughs> joke in that. Like, there's so many jokes in this, but it's he says, you're not a you're not someone who sees sexual symbols and everything. Yeah. And Mulder says, no, I'm not a Freudian. And then he immediately says, I'm lying naked in a in a field. Yeah. Surrounded by red <laughs> tulips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then he had a bunch of clothes on in the. Uh, vision early, I, well because i doubt peter boyle was like oh yeah i'll frontal. do I'll, I'll do nude scenes for yeah. x files <laughs> peter come on let's do some full frontal <laughs> let's but see that that's one, of, yeah. that's one of my favorite parts when he's describing this recurring the stream he has every single night yeah um that he talks like he's well on his way to uh decomposing down to, to skeletonization <laughs> he's like and then i don't even care that i don't have any clothes on yeah, yeah. or something that like too. that yeah. really he's like a melting goo flesh skeleton <laughs> that's so good amazing did you have any interpretations though ellen is it silent film <laughs> i don't know what it means and i've never really dug into it i was just sort of curious to see if if it really struck the two of you i it think definitely did for me i just think you know once you know how clyde ends up i think from that moment on from the first time i saw it i think i just see it as sort of this beautiful tragic you know poetic thing there's something about mm -hmm. him returning to the soil that is just you know probably not what they were getting at at all but there's just this um the tragic comic existence of Clyde Bruckman just uh, envelops me. It's mm -hmm. just so, I don't know. The first time I saw it, like I just, I cried uncontrollably oh. um, wow. after it ended because it just was, I, I don't know if I was crying because it was just such a perfect episode and I was never going to see it for the first time again because that would totally be me <laughs> rather than, than tapping into the sentimentality or the humanity of it all. <laughs> just be like, oh no, the TV, gone. Um, I think it just speaks to how deeply lovable that character is to me and how perfect it is but yeah. also yes. just the pain of of something that you have to deal with something that is like mm -hmm. it's chronic yeah all you see to get up every day and experience that but it's an interesting juxtaposition too to like er, turn this in a different direction that um I wonder that about people that are, as uh, Clyde tells the puppet he is, that are homicidal maniacs, mm -hmm. that there's that element of it when they interview folks that are specifically serial killers, right, or, or have a desire or an ex expressed um, need or lust to experience that, whatever it is they're getting out of taking someone else's life, right, mm -hmm. whatever that juice is. Mm -hmm. um, that that's a whole nother kind of thing that you would carry with you and what what must that be like yeah mm -hmm. totally like yeah. you just feel a compulsion it's not the same thing God, necessarily yeah. because it is a compulsion but also something where at a certain point what you're just you must just be tired or i think like how do you how do you harness that those impulses mm -hmm. um when you physically can't do that anymore or when circumstances prevent you from having that thing how do you i don't know it's mm. just i was just thinking more in terms this time about about just things that are constantly with you more than necessarily 
comparing it as like apples to apples. Mm-hmm. The weight of that. The mm-hmm. best thing too is he goes through this entire dream and he's like, my flesh is melting and I'm surrounded by poppies and like just I become one with the dirt. And then he says, well, good night. And then yeah. turns the light <laughs> off. And it's like, so good. So perfect. <laughs> well, good night. <laughs> I, I like it because it's, he doesn't express it as an unpleasant dream. I think that it's a very yeah. pleasant dream to him. I also mm-hmm. think, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong. Um, I think that like most people historically who are portrayed as having this gift of seeing other people's death, he's unable to see his own. And this mm-hmm. dream is that for him. This yeah. dream is, is his gift of, uh, of solid. It's his solace mm-hmm. uh, in knowing that when he's gone, he is, he returns to the earth and there is no, mm-hmm. there's no more pain. There's yeah. no more, mm-hmm. there's no, no, no more weight on his shoulders. Yes. Um, because even when he describes what ends up being his own death, he doesn't know the details. He just right. knows that he just knows that Scully is sitting in bed with him and holding his hand compassionate and looking <sighs> at him with compassion. Yeah. Uh, the moment of this episode that I well up at every fucking time <laughs> is <laughs> when Scully says, all right, how am I going to die? And he says, you don't. You Oh, wow. Yeah, which Ugh. we circle back to <laughs> uh-huh. many seasons later. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. In what way? What is that? Oh, Spoilers? Not, I'm not spoiling nothing. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I love nope. to, I mean, that moment where it's sort of played as like this weird like sex joke with Scully, sort of, like yeah. where it's like we're going to be in bed together and she's like, there are hits, there are misses, and then there are misses. Mm-hmm. So it's like this very light sort of that's not happening and yeah. then how sad it is at the end when it does happen and also him telling her that it's a moment she'll never forget is just like so beautiful and yeah. amazing of course it's also kind of a happy moment because mm-hmm. he's no longer in pain exactly yeah totally exactly. and dog she gets a dog and she gets her dog come on quick 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 <laughs> good night, um, good night Queequeg. So yeah, we've t- we keep talking about the uh the funny parts of this, of which there are many, and I have a bunch of them written down. <laughs> yeah. Um mm. but the creepiness of this episode. So I there's there something about the way it's presented, the way that Clyde's visions are presented in this one that we don't see them. He rarely mm-hmm. like the only one we see is Queequeg eating the neighbor. Um, in a very quick yeah flash it's like a little like entrails well yeah. and we see we see the visions of the madman we see the puppets yes um mm. future through clyde but when he's walking around that first crime scene and mm-hmm. it's this is this is what always gets me is him looking at something and the camera focusing on something benign and his reaction being so horrified. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that always freaks me out, but mm-hmm. it always does. Cause it's just mm-hmm. like, what am I not seeing? Like what's I, it's like a, maybe a safety thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but he does that several times in this episode. And even though when he's walking through and he p- picks up the, he sees the doll yes. that has the mangled face. Oh, that's so mm-hmm. terrifying. It's, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's so just it's like this waterlogged, disgusting yeah. dead face. And I know that it's supposed to be funny, but also when he said, mm-hmm. when, when they've, are stuck in the mud and mm. Clyde winces and mm. says, I'm not smiling. I'm wincing. Mm-hmm. That's, 
that's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a hand stuck out under the tire with yeah. a wedding ring on. So there's, so there's all these little elements in this episode that maintain the creep factor and our link Mark Snow does an excellent job with X-Files mm-hmm. music. Like the music is oh, yeah. truly unnerving. A lot of times I think it's excellent. The cinematography too, when they're walking through the woods and it's a, like Scully's in the foreground, he's in the mid and Mulder's in the back. And mm-hmm. it's just like this long shot of them walking through the woods. It's so beautiful. It is a really right. just X-Files. You have to go and you have to be in the woods. Yeah. You got to yeah. walk through At the woods point. looking totally. for something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're in, you're in Vancouver, BC. So. Right. Yeah. You got to find You a, have to be walking around Stanley Park. You yeah. got to find a fat um, little white Nazi stormtrooper. <laughs> another hilarious moment. Yeah. I guess for me, what, what is the the real terror of the episode is just all the things I, I'm babbling on about, about just the existential angst mm-hmm. of confronting our own mortality and the way we feel about it and yeah. how different people react to that and yes. what role everyone plays in their own mortality, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And just, just wondering about that, like about... Uh, I don't know. I think I'm also intrigued, and it is a little spooky, by Clyde's interpretation of developing this gift that he says it, it's non-returnable. Yeah. You know, it's this gift that, of course, cliche, is a curse, right? But mm. I actually believe that that's, I believe his story, that he just became fixated on yeah. um this moment of chance he refers to it a few more times within the episode it's clearly like this crossroads for him where it's like what happens you know it's not like not so much chaos theory as it is just like how do these split second decisions how do chance encounters change our lives like mm-hmm. what happens how does it affect our existence in the smallest way or in the biggest way like like we are here or we aren't here mm-hmm. you know all of those things and i think that is scary in a different way it is not it's not about fear necessarily. It's just that element of like the vast unknown, right? The control. Yeah. yeah. The small like, amount of so control we have. So many things are unknowable, but mm. we're always seeking to know, which just brings it back to just the whole psychic yes. situation. Have yeah. you guys been to psychics before? Mm. Uh, I've had tarot readings before, but I've never been to a, to a like full on prognosticator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. My friend read my tarot that, and it was incredible. It was a great reading, but it's not about the future. It's not about like telling the future, divining sort of. It's about more like what you feel about your present kind of and thoughts and processes and changing things and that kind of thing, which I thought was great. But I've never had like a psychic sit down with a Have you ever had one? Uh, no. Yeah. It would be <laughs> I would have bad energy if I tried that. I would have to leave the room. It was, I don't, it's just like, I don't believe in that kind of thing mm-hmm. at all. That's why I erase them every time we talk about psychics. <laughs> I wish you would stop, yeah. but I think we've established that. I know. This is actually um, the first episode, this is the first thing that we've watched where someone is actively erasing, erasing psychics. Erasing psychics. Yeah, I know, and I really appreciate it. And um, we haven't talked about Stu Charno at all. I mean, Clyde is oh, obviously the richest, the richest thing of riches that we could talk about, but um, Stu Charno as the puppet is an excellent portrayal. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I adore him. I adore Stu Charno. He's been, ever since, of course, his first role in Friday the 13th Part 2, which was the mm-hmm. first horror movie I ever saw, mm-hmm. um, started my entire relationship with horror movies. Uh, <laughs> he's great. He's so great because he does the detachment 
correctly. Like he does, mm-hmm. he, he does, he's not like automaton and yeah. he's not sinister right. in the, in the, you know, twisty mustache villain way. But he's creepy as fuck. Incredibly Perfect. creepy, particularly mm-hmm. in that first scene where he yeah. is holding the psychic woman is holding his hand mm-hmm. and he starts squeezing her hands. And when mm-hmm. the psychic says, you're hurting me, he says, I know. Yeah. It's right. like, oh, it's bone chilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I love him. I think Stu Charno is a is a real treasure. Yeah. Truth. Um <laughs> now I just completely forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, no, now I remember. He actually um Joe Stu Charno is also for you because he has written for Star Trek Next mm. Gen. Oh shit. Really? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Right That's on cool. Stu. I wonder which episodes he wrote. I gotta look that up. Um, I'm just going to take a wild guess. Ones I don't care about. Yeah, I'm changing my link, <laughs> by the way. Sorry, Brooks. We're, Sorry, Brooks. There's, there's, I hope it's a spooky episode because we're watching it. <laughs> there's no such thing as a spooky Star Trek episode. I'm sorry. I love Joe, that. Joe, you've, ne- you've never illustrated a tarot deck or have you and I don't know about it? No, I don't. Well, that have. seems like something you would absolutely I have that asked. Would just be I've so in your wheelhouse. Yeah. I've asked Joe to do that. I and know. I've also asked our friend Vox to do that because Vox does these drawings that yeah. are very tarot-esque. Yeah, uh, but mm-hmm. but in a more kind of um, ethereal space way, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and I wanted to. I asked him about it. I was like, "Could I commission a tarot deck from you?" And he wanted to do. They wanted to do a a, a deep dive into what the cards meant and everything. Very respectable answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Joe, um, can't you do a heart to heart tarot yeah. deck or a chain reaction tarot? Just deck all the murders that for we've the spooky watched. season. Uh huh. I love that idea. <laughs> That'd that would be, be so fun. Yeah. Just turn all the links into tarot card. cards. One like of the cards. That. How many cards are there in the deck? Oh, I don't know. A hundred and something. Well, I there's think. also several what? variations on the on the arcana. Yeah, like the if, writer is oh, like right. the yeah the writer weight deck, which we have. Yeah, um, mm. is the kind of kind of the standard. It's at least the Western seventy-eight cards. That would be fun. That's yeah. a lot of illustration. That is that a lot of fun. work. And you, you would you them. would want to know like what the things what mean. they mean of course yeah um, what the rep- what what because specific things need to be on them to represent very specific things yeah uh, yeah I think so I don't I've never read tarot before I did for a minute when I was seventeen oh yeah hmm. it was a way that I flirted with guys oh that's fun yeah how goth of <laughs> T- you Tacoma um, in the nineties it was very goth of me. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, a, the closest thing I have is the deck of playing cards that's from like I don't know the forties. They still make them the Gypsy Witch playing cards. Oh yeah, yeah. that's. Cool. I don't know how you're supposed to use them. Oh, they are, they're I not like regular poker cards. It is a regular deck of cards, but oh. it also has the additional component. Oh, that's cool. I like that. That's mm-hmm. fun. Um, I have so many quotes from this episode. <laughs> that i don't know Uh where to start (laughs) when he's when he kills the first fortune teller he says you're a fortune teller you should have seen this coming yeah (laughs) it's pretty great which is something everyone says yes yeah uh when he when the the great yappy kicks Mulder out of the room scully says i can't take you anywhere yes (laughs) which i love that i oh uh did you notice that clyde bruckman's lottery ticket is every number is one number off from uh, the winning numbers really <laughs> yes. i did not notice that and he's just the look on his face when that happens yeah. is hilarious that's so good followed by 
Mulder walking in behind him and Clyde mm. says, don't tell me you're here because blah, blah, blah. Right. And she's oh, doing yeah. the autopsy. He lays it all Your out. lady partner. <laughs> and then when he looks at Mulder, he says, oh, it's you. Oh, it's you. <laughs> so funny. That is so funny. Priceless. My, my favorite classic X-Files, like Zing Zing, Mulder and Scully exchange is when they're talking about the fight. He's like, the, the fiber is lace. And she's like, Chantilly lace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know what I like. <laughs> it's just such a perfect reference. Yeah, real good. Yeah. Oh, oh big God. bopper references. How often do you get to say that? <laughs> um, the, the lottery ticket thing, I have to bring it back to this over and over again. It just points out that Clyde Bruckman also just yearns like there's there's the unknowable thing he wants to know he just wants more of that knowledge right how how awful to just be able to see this one thing and yeah. never be able to see the thing that you think will bring you happiness mm-hmm. or make your life easier or help you run away from your real self right right mm-hmm. cosmic joke when your real self is an insurance salesman yeah, yeah. you can see everybody's death <laughs> yeah, totally <laughs> oh my god um <laughs> Oh, so the good. other the other really funny detail that I love is when they go when they first go and see him, mm-hmm. a Mulder and Scully. He's is eating, it when he's eating the chocolate thing? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he's eating a chocolate yeah. bunny, an yeah. Easter oh. a chocolate but, Easter but, bunny. But he eats the head first. He eats the ears. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I and it's so just, funny that he's just like chomping down on that. He is, and he's really eating it, and it makes me think like, how many of those did you have to eat? Because <laughs> that's like, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. That is really funny. So good. Weird, uh, weird little detail. <laughs> I learned something um, that I have in common with Clyde Bruckman from oh. this this viewing. Hmm. What is it? I might have a bunch of things in common with Clyde Bruckman. <laughs> An ornery, <laughs> except nature. for the wit. Yeah. Um, uh, he has a giant jar of pickles in his refrigerator, and oh. so do I. <laughs> wow, nice. So does Joe. Yeah, I have like three or four yeah. old, old jars of pickles. Oh, my God. Yeah, after Joe leaves tonight, I'm going to clean the fridge. <laughs> yeah, it's time. I'm going to erase, uh, I'm going erasing to erase me. pickles. <laughs> yeah, I saw it coming. Can, can we talk about the enormous geodes in um, the <sighs> yeah. one psychics That's thing so where good. they are like six feet tall or something? They're so crazy. Yeah. Like. So are those funny. real? Is it actually yeah. like just a giant thunder egg that they cracked open and it's the two halves, right? Of the same one. Oh, yeah, right. I've seen those at like crystal shops that yeah. are huge that big, like that. Really? Yeah. yeah, but I don't know if they're natural. Maybe there's a way to actually just create those somehow. You grow them like yeah. rock candy in a jar yeah, on a string. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a string tied to a Which pencil. Which just never fucking works and takes like four <laughs> weeks to get one little thing of candy. I have oh. to talk about that, the geode psychic's outfit if i may yes why not (laughs) because he's wearing something that it's like is he like a folk singer or is he a cult leader or is he just one of the people that when you look at pictures of shit like from the summer of love or woodstock you're kind of like that's the lame looking person he's wearing a white turtleneck with a vest over it and then some kind of weird like necklace that's like a cord with something on it yes and oh. i find that look on that psychic sort of adorable and winsome oh <laughs> that's awesome it's just so like is he gonna play 
like a mandolin or something? Or is he going to do like puppets, like a substitute teacher in the 70s? Or like, what's he going to do? But it's a really weird look to have in the year of our Lord, As a 1995. <laughs> is this the psychic where he's like, this next card's for you. And then he pulls it mm-hmm. and it's death. Uh, yeah. Another, another good moment. But that's, that's great. That's the thing. I feel like even though he is obviously like just reiterating all of the the tropes, right? But mm-hmm. that guy is so spot on, whether it's the, you know, whether we're supposed to laugh at it. I believe that that guy has a touch of, of the actual uh, sight mm. because there's just something about it. But mm-hmm. it might just be that his turtleneck and vest it might be the and six necklace foot combo is just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The this... energy generating between the giant geodes. Yes. The... That look like purple sparkly <laughs> vaginas. I thought this episode did a Enormous good job ones. of like looking at the psychic culture in America without being too critical of it, that it it Mm. is in ways, but I thought it did a great job of just showing it. And like, obviously Yappy is this like showman, not not to be trusted. Walter, what's his name? Totally. All of the ones. Yeah. Yeah, But I, Sally Struthers. It's interesting. Sally Struthers. Yeah. And Dionne Warwick. Psychic Friends Network. Yeah. It's just interesting thinking about like what role do psychics play in our culture because they are like how ubiquitous they are in this episode is like kind of nutty because he's, it's but obviously it's like what he's targeting, but they are everywhere. It's just like what role do they actually play in culture? Like They're, comforting people? I therapy? think it is. I think it is a, a uh, like I wouldn't I wouldn't say therapy. But mm-hmm. I would say that it is a comfort to some and entertainment to others. And mm-hmm. um, it's, well, no, it is like therapy. It's, a, it's someone that so. you can pay to go and talk to who will give you, who will, if they're doing the job correctly, mm-hmm. will steer you into a direction of finding out what you need to do. Yeah. What, what like to, to make you uh, examine your options and your yes. uh, possible decisions. Yeah, totally. I think it is a form of therapy. And in LA, there's a psychic on every corner. It's amazing. What's there more of? Nail shops or psychics? There's they're the same thing. They're one and the same. It's yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. There's more Pilates. But is there one where they do both? <clears throat> that would be so. a, that's a great idea. So that you can get a reading while you get your nails done? That's the best idea ever. Ding. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Uh, See you guys later. <laughs> also highly recommend if you are in LA, Cloud9 Intuitive. Our Cloud friend Janine Intuitive is an excellent uh from uh, just as we were talking about Cloud9 Intuitive. Yeah. Our friend Janine, she is an amazing uh reader and a uh, spiritual guide. Yeah, in a really motivational way after the reading I traded her a sculpture for, she I felt so great and like I'm on the right path and like yeah, everything she said just made so much sense to me. And the way she uses cards, they're, they're, I don't know, know if they're tarot, they're different types of cards and, and uses them as a backbone for what she does. But it was really, really interesting and highly recommended. I think that type of, is that, that's not, is it prognostication? It's not. I don't believe so. So it's not like telling the future, like, yeah, look no. at your hand, you're going to die in a car wreck and... 1984 or whatever yeah <laughs> it's not like Which that so scary <laughs> i do trust I've been yeah, dead. i hope i hope i don't die in For a car wreck in 1984. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh yeah foretelling foretelling or prophesizing but i yeah. don't i just yeah i don't 
when it, when people start thinking that they can do that, I'm like, mm, no, you can't. No, I always think about it as contextualizing. Um, yes, like it, it's a in, but using a different set of set of tools to contextualize what your actual state yeah. is. Yeah, and figuring out your what you want and what you what's important to you. Yeah, and sometimes that's unclear in certain and they can help you do that. And I think that's really powerful and therapeutic. Yeah. Um, but it just like, probably like therapy just depends on the person that you get and who you're talking to. Absolutely. So, <laughs> and the motivation behind their, behind what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of seeing things coming, Uh-oh. it's time. <laughs> or... Oh, no, you did it. Your poke. <laughs> Prognosticate your poke. <laughs> Funny enough, Ellen didn't see this coming. <laughs> Ellen did not see this coming. <laughs> Tassiography, your poke. <laughs> um. Oh, this one's hard. Yeah, this one's difficult. Uh huh. Um. God, it's for once. It's really just almost every single person. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. It's yeah. An orgy of. <laughs> yeah. Orgy of it of, it of is. Plethora. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I mean, Peter Boyle, I mean, it's, it's like a Clyde Bruckman, Fox Mulder, Gillian mm. Anderson situation mm. for me. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A three-way with I never say that. Mulder and Scully would be weird. I'm down to try. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's Gillian Anderson for me. It's Dana Scully. Really? It's Dana Scully. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. That's surprising. Dana Scully is... There's just Everything. something, yeah. There's something about that character that Doctor Dana Scully. Yeah, <laughs> Dana Scully can get it. Like, yeah, definitely. And it's if yeah, I mean, I would. <laughs> I'm slutty, so I'm easy. But uh, I would, I would fuck Stu Charno definitely. But <laughs> <laughs> Stu Charno, not Mulder. Why is your pick poke not Mulder? Oh, That's... he's yeah. I don't so. I've always been attracted to David Duchovny. He's uh-huh. a very attractive man. Um, but <laughs> the character of Fox Mulder, mm-hmm. I would have to just—I wouldn't have the patience that Scully has with Fox Mulder. Oh, really? Yeah. You just feel like shut the Particularly fuck up. Particularly with his sunflower seed eating. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> does he do that too? <laughs> yes, he does. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> something that isn't I that and funny? Fox like he's—they have the bags next to him on the bed in the hotel room, but mm-hmm. they're turned inside out. Yep, because he's finished. And he's got like a little bit on fucking... it on his chest. Yeah, huh. he's putting his shells back in them. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> or they don't want to show the labels. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, mine's Mulder, but it's not. I'm not Gaga for Duchovny. It's just like he's there. He would yeah. have to do something with his hair first, though. Push it you back. You know, like his '90s uh, FBI hair. I, I really those feathery <laughs> like bangs really bother me. That he's I don't know if that's it's supposed to be like he's kind of unclimped and he's not the like most professional looking dude because he's this spooky FBI agent. But you got to do something. No, it just literally was how people looked in the '90s. It really yeah, was. it's just the um, style. I don't like that. But by season three, Scully's hair is starting to get really good. That's oh, season three is when X Files hits its stride to mm-hmm. me. I, I love the first two seasons. Yes, uh, the the second season in particular has a couple of my favorite episodes. But mm-hmm. the, but season three is just like we have 
lift off in full, the biggest way. Full it's lift so off. good. Yeah. Yeah. Gillian Anderson, like Gillian Anderson becomes Dana Scully. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's the, just relentless. It's so good. So of course, like after watching Clyde Bruckman, Joe went back to work and I uh-huh. watched uh, War of the Corporate, <laughs> Night of the Corporate Fanties. Oh, what? which is another one of my favorite X Files episodes, also from season three. Night of the Corpor Fengies? Yeah, cockroaches. Uh, it's a oh, it's a Latin name. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> it's a really funny, very very funny episode, huh. and it's my favorite Dana Scully episode. Mm. It is wild that she was like eighteen when this show started, or something. She was twenty three or twenty four. She was. I looked it, it up. Started? She was twenty seven when this episode aired. Okay. So she, I think she was 24. She lied to the casting yeah. director and said that she was 26. Because <laughs> she looks like a, she's in her 40s in certain ways. I mean, she obviously that's like sort of supposed to be insulting in this way. I mean, in the most complimentary way possible. She just looks like full adult and you would never even question that. It's really interesting how young she was when the show was going. Yeah, she, she does has not. A, she that. has a commanding presence that you that yeah. like it's the kind of presence that we get from Carrie Nye or like mm. you know it's or is that you know Bill, Nye, Bill Nye's wife <laughs> no it's a uh Laura Bancroft oh like, yeah 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 well or but Stephanie it's also... Powers even like like mm-hmm. that it's... kind of pull mm-hmm. I think I mean I can I could understand why she would um move her age up in a desire to to get this role because obviously Dana Scully's career accomplishments you'd have to yes. be a certain age right unless Medical you were doctor, like someone yeah. that was like I went to Stanford right. when I was 10 or whatever yeah. but I think there's something interesting um looking back at it now that the the way that young women in particular have to hold themselves in order to seem more mature or mm. to attempt to have authority like often it just has to be just very stoic and personalityless, And I think that that's mm-hmm. kind of like season three, I think is where Scully, it really starts to, to bloom and expand. And she like gets in there and, and jokes and like, you see, we start to see a lot more of her personality beyond like the nuts and bolts of the, the characters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, background. I have to say like, in terms of, I know I never like obsess on the pokes, but it's a different day for me, I guess. Just everyone. <laughs> um, my ultimate X Files poke is uh, Skinner. It's oh. Mitch Pileggi. Hell oh, yeah! I just like hands down. <laughs> I'll hands never get it. I'll never. Down. I'll never Ooh. get over it. Skinner Yikes. is hot as oh, fuck. My- god <laughs> he's hot as fuck oh wow and there's an episode where, where he says to someone and here's where you bend over and kiss my ass <laughs> <laughs> hot as oh yeah oh yeah so funny mitch pelegi huh hot yeah, man wow. hot, yeah. hot man wow yeah wow 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 okay everybody's uh, on this episode so he has entered the same energy. Walter Skinner has that kind of Scott Glenn in Silence of the Lambs energy that I also found really like just something a little like, oh my God, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, I 100% just think that they are, ba- he's based on that character. I've, I mean, X Files mm, to me was a, was born out of Silence of the Lambs. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The movie specifically. Right. Um, but there's that same weird tension between. Scott Glenn's character and Jodie Foster, right? Where there's just this yeah. weird, mm. like something. Well, crackling. like he's a, he's a, he's a, uh, a superior, an admired superior. 
Mm-hmm. Isn't Gillian Anderson in the Hannibal series? Too? She sure is. Yeah. yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> it's a world amazing. that she can revel in. Right. She's more than just every single production of Bleak House ever made. Yes. <laughs> and while, yeah, I want to, before we stop talking about Dana, listen to the Taco Cat song, Dana Catherine Scully, one of my favorite songs in the world. It's so good. You'll and hear a little all bit about of it Scully. at the end of yes, this episode. Yes, I was going to ask if we could add some. Yeah. What a uh, I love that Are song. Are there any coincidences? No, it's all written. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, it's time for Spooky Links. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did everyone fucking forget? No, I, I did <laughs> no. one. I got I, one. I, I snuck in Joe's office last night and said, just yeah. I want to gently remind you that you need to pick a link. Wow. And then I did. I was going to forget. So it's good that you did that. I need a, I need a, every hour of alarm that says link, 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 link. <laughs> but I didn't forget since you reminded me. Ellen, did you, did you pick a link? I did. And I, I don't know if I am doing the thing that I hate. Like, am I veering sharply away from our brief mm. for this season? I don't know. I, I have, I'm sorry to do this so soon in this season, but I have multiple picks mm. that are just kind of so very different that can I present the three and we can select collectively? Is that okay? Is that allowed? Yeah. If you like. I think so. Totally. Okay. And it's all um, different people. I can't believe you found this many. I, I had a hard time finding oh, I my have, one. Uh, I have three. Um, okay. So, wow. of course, e- even though it's a monster thing and even though it is comedy, you can't think of Peter Boyle without thinking of, well, Clyde Brockman, number one for me, actually. <laughs> Maybe tied with Taxi Driver. But then, right, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. It's Young Frankenstein for your consideration. (laughs) Um, Oh, actually, I have two Peter Boyle ones. The other one is a Halloween episode (laughs) of Everyone Loves Raymond. (laughs) Halloween candy. I almost picked that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Karen, I don't know how to say her last name, Conival. Mm -hmm. She's one of the psychics, right? Yep. Um, She's in the 2006 version of black christmas which the two of you have seen which i have oh shit and then this is the one i think i'd actually like to put forth although i think halloween candy is solid Hmm. um so actually yeah halloween candy or jillian anderson in hayao miyazaki's (gasps) princess mononoke oh my god that's so funny because i was going to choose i obviously love princess mononoke it's one of my favorite movies and i was like jillian anderson's in that but i didn't i didn't think it fit our vibe but really i would definitely it's about a curse watch that yeah that's true yeah you're right it's like haunted everything yeah and jillian anderson's role in that is so good well because joe loves it so much i'm gonna say halloween candy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i yeah because you loves, might pick it right everybody loves raymond my it. is my favorite fa- favorite tv show <laughs> everyone loves raymond. everyone everybody loves, loves every, raymond. everybody everybody is wants to hug raymond <laughs> everybody does not love raymond um have you ever watched that show yeah i think my family used to watch it all the time i don't remember uh, it very well i just remember being kind of annoyed by raymond <laughs> yeah I think that so. Halloween candy's a stretch. It's not. I think it's it's a bridge too far. Yeah. So I don't even yeah. know what to pick. 
I, Young, Frankenstein, Young Frankenstein. I saw that one too, but I was like, that's definitely comedy, and it, and, it, and I was like, I don't know. Uh, I've seen that once. A sorry, long I've, time I've ago. already just derailed it. Just I mean, like, it's just jumped the tracks. I'm yeah. <laughs> uh, this. <laughs> I'm going to say Princess Mononoke is the closest thing. Um, none of these read spooky to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Back uh -oh. to the drawing board. Uh -oh. You go. You go. Let me give me. I'll, I'll here. You go. I love Come back that. to me. Come back Princess to me. Princess Mononoke, though. Ugh. Of course. I love to yeah. talk about that. <laughs> well, okay. Cause, Come back cause, to me. I'm going to find something spooky. I'm going to find something spooky. My, I also had, I had, I had four actually. I had four links. I'll show, I'll share all four of mine. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, but I, but I know which one I'm picking. Oh. Okay. Uh, so Stu Charno, obviously Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Right. I didn't, I didn't want to do a slasher, mm. so I said no. Mm -hmm. Um, this one I want to do because I've never seen it, but it's impossible to find, so I don't want to do that to us. Uh, Alex Dyken, who is one of the cops, is in a movie called Bloodlink. Which is about a psychic serial killer. Uh, hmm. So I, oh, I wow. do, and it's from the nineties. <laughs> so it looks terrible. Psychic oh. serial killer. I mean, it must be the best. Yeah. Let's stop uh, And then I also had Karen Carnival uh, in Black Christmas two thousand six, which I didn't want okay. to make Ellen suffer through. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, it's not, good. It's not horrible. It's we kind of. Uh, it's the, definitely not like the newest one is better. There's a newer mm, okay. one? The one we went to see at the Alamo Drive. Oh, that's the one I was thinking. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, I haven't seen the... The 2006 one has Andrea Martin, who was in the original. Oh, I haven't seen um, the mid-new one. Yeah, it's not It's not very good. Why are you remaking that movie so much? Just leave it. Because it's the first <laughs> slasher movie. Uh, okay. Because they remade Suspiria, okay? All bets are off. I thought Last House on the Left was the first slasher movie. My, my link... Okay. Mm -hmm. ...is Yappy himself... Oh. The actor whose name is Yap, <laughs> Yap Breaker, rather uh, incredibly, Dutch. and he is in the movie I like to call, and everybody likes to call, The Believers. Oh, <gasps> he's in The Believers. He's in The Believers. Oh no, a spider's gonna grow out of my face. Uh oh, Joe, have you ever seen The Believers? Mm, no, I don't think so. Oh I wow! Am oh my thrilled God. that you have never seen The Believers because I want to do The Believers. Okay. <laughs> It just got so Jimmy Smith's up in here. Sure there's a, okay. there's a, there's a Charlie Sheen over this entire proceedings. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, my link oh, is Helen Shaver. It's been too long. <laughs> my link is also Stuart Charno. And I'm sure there's a reason neither of you chose this one, but I've never seen it. Christine. From 1983. Oh, yeah. But I'm like, why didn't, I didn't choose. I don't know why I didn't. Why choose didn't that you one? guys choose that? You must have. I love Christine. And if it's the the thing perfectly, isn't it a haunted car? It is. Okay. Oh, it totally fits the theme. Um did you avoid True. it for I, a reason? I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I just glossed over it. Okay. He's not a he's, major character in, no. in Christine. He's also in Sleepwalkers. Oh, <laughs> oh. Which <laughs> is probably not. Huh. But that I was like another... I've never seen Christine, so I really want to watch it. We will listen to a whole podcast about it. Yeah. <laughs> And I do love that movie. Mm, okay. Okay. So um, that's mine. Well, what's okay? So Ellen, okay. do you have a, a finale? <laughs> well, you know, it's the kind of link that you can only pick in about 
two and a half minutes looking exclusively <laughs> at IMDb. Is it Christine? Um, <laughs> that, That's the believers. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I don't know anything about this thing, um, but I believe it fits the brief, I think. Um, I think it fits the brief. Did you know? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that David Duchovny was in a film in 2020 called The Craft Legacy? Oh, oh I didn't know that he was in it. Is that a movie? It's not. It is a movie. Oh, it's a movie. Shit. That would be fun to watch. I, I have one. not seen it, and I really wanted to watch it. So it's I like, kind of like that as a. <laughs> it's. Killing me to pass up Princess Mononoke for a craft <laughs> legacy, though. <laughs> it's destroying. I, I just want to stay on core. task. I want to stay on I task know, and not be too. hypocritical. Because um, it's not spooky, Princess Mononoke. I'm trying, trying, thinking through all the scenes and thinking, like, that's kind of spooky. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's not spooky at all, but yeah. at its core, it has all of all of these it's, occult pieces. Yes. So it 100%. Mm-hmm. does yeah fit but, the theme but i i'm but, just calling okay out the desire for spooky yeah. since it's in the name of our <laughs> capsule the apes are pretty spooky season. the apes outside well, of the city i am just going to assume that the craft <laughs> legacy. legacy is <laughs> i don't know i don't know what that is but there's also um you know a lot of different I don't know. Is it not just a remake know. of The Craft, like a reboot? I think it is, but I, I'm I'm a huge fan of The Craft, of so, and I have not seen The Craft Legacy, so I'm I'm totally down to okay. do that. Okay, then that's that's doing. my pick. I'm gonna. Well, I, I have corrected myself, <laughs> and I am. Oh my god! It starts this guy. jumping in. Oh my god! <laughs> that guy is David Duchovny. Joe. <laughs> that's... Wait, who? I don't oh, know. Look at his. I think that he looks like he's bottoms. had buckle fat removal. <laughs> yeah, he's doing like duck lips. He in is doing photo. duck lips. I don't know. Okay. All right. Yeah, he's. Why couldn't bottoms. David Duchovny have been in the original craft for a moment? <laughs> David. You, right. David. Craft Legacy, you, David. I summon Mem Knock oh. the Wheel. <laughs> 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 All right, here we go. Wait, what's your pick again? The believers. The believers. Okay, so oh, the craft. The believers I really just want to double down on the believers. But. <laughs> well, we could. The, this is an opportunity where we double up our names to get, but we don't want to fuck with the wheel, right? We just want to let it be. So we decided. I think let's just. Uh, this let's just is, we have be. three yeah. picks. I don't want to remake I, the wheel every episode. <laughs> I swear I'm not. Oh ready. no! <laughs> <laughs> it's Ellen again. <laughs> So we will be watching we Duck will be Lips. Watching <laughs> the Craft Legacy. Oh. And it's not about boxed macaroni and cheese, people. It is about witches. <laughs> Feruza Balk is in this. Oh, sweet. I, I would have already seen it if it was about Kraft's macaroni <laughs> yes. and cheese. Just kidding. Everybody knows I don't eat macaroni and cheese. Well, they do now. Okay. This right, will let be me look up where we can watch this. Craft Legacy. <laughs> Ooh, I'm just going bananas because you just said Farusa Balk's in it, so I already know where I'm going to go. All right, so yeah, it to is, the original craft. <laughs> if you have a oh, subscription no. to Stars, it is streaming on Stars. If not, it is on Prime Video for four bucks. 
Oh no. Um, otherwise, there are probably other ways to check it out if you just. Oh, Google it must that. be on Canopy or oh, at the library on, or something. Let me see if it's on Canopy um, Craft. And I'll be deleting Ellen's name from the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> well, put it put it in the little book, Eric. We'll yeah. see if it's real. It's in the book. Uh, all right, listener. We will not be watching Princess Monon, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Which is very fun. Yeah. I, uh, it's a film I'm, to be avoided. I'm 0 for 2 and yeah. <laughs> on two classics. <laughs> but whatever. Hey, you know, Nemnok doesn't take into consideration your choice. I'm Ellen's little game. <laughs> no, I'm sorry that everyone's already forgotten that I picked Clyde Bruckman's final repose. Yeah, that, I mean, oh, that how was a could good we choice. Forget that... How soon we forget. <laughs> Oh God! I'm actually very excited to watch the craft. I think it'll be the craft legacy. The craft. I think it'll be very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be fun to talk about. Yeah. Is there yeah. a girl in it that's all like supposedly burnt up, like Nev Campbell? I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully I, the the sharks <laughs> get beached. Oh, wait, is Nev Campbell the burnt up one? Yes. Okay. Man, I'll take my scars. Man, I'll take my scars. <laughs> <laughs> I can fucking recite that movie. Uh, all right. Manon. Uh, we are, we're off. Joe's leaving for Paris tonight. Yes. We're doing this on a Monday In a matter afternoon. of hours. So we will talk again in two weeks. You, listener, will not notice that anything has changed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I hope that you will watch The Craft Legacy with us and right, talk well. to us about it. And if you did watch Clyde Bruckman and you had anything to say to, to us about it, please do. You can email us at itwasmurderpod at gmail.com. You can also message me <laughs> at it was murder pod uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, what else? Rate and review us. If yeah. you like what you're listening to, Please. give us five stars and write a little nice review. That'd be really cool. Rate and review. Uh, if you don't, can't think of what you what you uh, can write for a review, write how you think we're all gonna die. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell us how we're gonna die. <laughs> Wait, I'll be right back. Oh my god. Keep doing my thing. I think my thing is done. There's what else is there to say? <laughs> I'm going to try and be um, better rested next time. But who can say? You know, it's it's a uh, it's luck of the draw. We none of us have the power of prognostication, <laughs> or that we know of. Oh my goodness! Spooky <laughs> chain rattling. <laughs> Is it is it a pterodactyl? <laughs> yeah, it's pterodactyl. <laughs> this is a view background. I'm God, it's, get, it's getting podcast. so a Christmas carol in here suddenly. Also. <laughs> yeah, it's not spooky. Jane, right? Yeah, it's uh, Joe Marley over here. Uh, <laughs> I just I'm still cracking up to myself thinking about the craft legacy being about craft legacy box macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> legacy mac. <laughs> Show is the ghost of Christmas future that already exists. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> okay. Uh, see y'all next week. And we're done. Good night, freeway. Good night, freeway. Good night, Queequeg oh. and freeway. Good night, Queequeg. Queequeg. <laughs> Remember, the truth is out there. 